0: All right, Seattle. Hello,
1: Puget Sound, and welcome again to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, your Commodore of Cocktails, Weekend Wine Guy, and, uh, well, Hungry, (laughs) Hungry Hombre. I've got, uh, I've got a really great show today. I'm so excited, uh, to have a James Beard Award nominee in the studio, and, uh, this guy's just boom, exploded like a supernova. But he's not that old, and um, he's a, a young guy. He's a he's a Washington guy. He's a Pacific Northwest guy. He's a Seattle guy, kinda. Um, grew up in Port Angeles. Grew up in Bothell. Grew up in Kirkland. And his name is Maximilian Petty. Now, with a name like Maximilian, you think he might get teased, but uh, that's a strong name. And uh, Maximus, uh, you know, it goes way back to Roman times and even the Greeks and and before that, um, because he's kind of now a culinary god. I'm pretty sure as as we as we speak here uh, in March in this evening, that uh, um, the culinary gods and uh, uh, who's that guy, Scoffier and James Beard are all shining down and smiling for our our, our own very cool Mister Maximilian Petty. Welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Wow. So um, you probably have to get used to that, right? People going, you know, intros being two, <laughs> three, four minutes too long. <laughs> no, they a lot of questions about the name,
2: if they want to call me that or just Max and. I usually say, if if you work for me, Maximilian. If you don't, Max is great. Or if you're one of my sisters, Maxi Pad. Uh Uh-huh, right. Max is usually just fine.
1: Yeah, Max Headroom? No? um, No, no. I had a shirt, though, a Max Headroom (laughs) shirt, growing up. (laughs) Well, okay, for all those who don't know who Maximilian Petty is, um, you need to get out and about, because uh, this young man started a little restaurant on the top of Queen Anne, and it's now legendary. Um, I had the pleasure of dining there, and... uh, I've been in the culinary scene here in Seattle since uh, 1972 and you know of course that was starting at Spuds and and moving on to uh, Canlis of course but uh, this guy has got you've got this amazing touch of creativity balance um exquisiteness but also a certain nuance for simplicity. Let's talk about your how did you fall in love with food? You know, it started from
2: like I think the classic with my mom, my grandma my mom has 13 brothers and sisters. So it's, we oh. all gather one, you know, in Bellevue, my grandma lives there. So we all gather for Christmas, Thanksgiving, and we'd all cook together. So it kind of grew just from bringing people together. And, you know, I didn't have much of a love as much then for like where it came from or how I, you know, it was just kind of put in front of me and I ate it and I, I loved it. And, um, but as I learned more about it, I just kind of, um, grasped on to all the information I could about, everything about it. You know, my sister was a chef and my mom was a baker.
1: Ah, okay. So... So you saw somebody kind of was a mentor in a way because yeah. they did it professionally and you saw they did it right.
2: Yeah. So my sister uh, was a chef. She owned her own restaurant in Port Angeles when I was about 15. Cute. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a great little place, Joy's Wine Bistro. And uh, I started from the bottom there, kind of painting, dishes, all of it, paid whenever she could. You know, just kinda, I just loved being there and... I did everything, but she's classically French trained, and she kind wow. of just, she taught me from the beginning stocks and
1: sauces. And, and this is your sister?
2: Yeah, my older sister. Um, it's it's since then closed, and she she uh, married a winemaker, and they moved to Burgundy. No way. Yeah, one of our from <laughs> Olympic Olympic wine cellars out in the peninsula. He was the winemaker out there. Oh, really? And then they uh, moved to Burgundy, and he, he and then he just moved back to Napa. Oh, wow! Um, with their two kids, and now they're back in the states, and she's yet to make it up. Um, to the restaurant yet, but I'm excited
1: to get. Oh her here. yeah, for sure. So yeah. that's great. F- uh, classically trained, and when we say classically trained, that basically means French trained, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're talking yep. about sauces and preparation of fish mm-hmm. and deboning. Um, did you did you have a knife? Did you f- find your tools? Um, did you have a sauté pan? What was it that said? Wow, I did it. What was that first moment?
2: You know. That's you mean first moment in the restaurant, like kind of.
1: Well, first moment overall, but like, hey, hey, you know what? I got the hang of it. I did it. You flipped uh, the the omelet over, or something like that.
2: Yeah, a good three-fold omelet was was with no color was a big one for me. Knife cuts, you know, I've been obsessed with knives since growing up in the woods in Port Angeles in the National Forest. I had hatchets and anything you can dream of, and then once I finally found a use for them, um, and using the butcher knife and breaking down a, a perfect fish and because then working in Oregon you know we got such great you know local salmon and I think after doing a thousand of those and getting the perfect you know using all of it and and not wasting in it and and really respecting it you know I kind of figured after doing that for a while I kind of I knew it was I was meant to do it and I was um I was so happy being able to do it and so I think the knives were a big one yeah a lot of knives um, Working omelets and stuff—that's yeah, a good. You bring up a good one with eggs. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a chef's. That's a very simple. People think that, you know. Egg, oh, eggs. Oh, anyone can cook eggs. N- not everyone can cook <laughs> eggs. Um, so that was a, doing a perfect.
1: Perfect omelet. omelet is really. I mean, that's French omelette. Yeah. uh, it's très bien. It's yeah. delicious. So, uh, how old were you when you actually f- figured out that um this was really cool? You know, I thought it was cool in in high school when my sister had a
2: restaurant, I thought it was cool to own a restaurant, I thought it was cool to be involved in that, and family, my mom did all the bread for it, so every morning i wake up to fresh baguettes and and, Mm. and brioche, yeah, I was the coolest kid in school because of that, and everyone came over, but, and that was cool, and then I moved to D.C. to work in D.C., and it was no longer cool, for me, I was exhausted, I worked it was a grind and as an 18 year old paying $1,000 a month for rent living with my sister that's with a discount my other sister that's with a discount for rent you know I just then decided it wasn't for me even though I got to work under you know Jose Andres who's an, an idol of mine and um, Terrell Danley in DC It was just awesome But it was still It was I did, it was like This much money For this much work like, And I don't...
1: so it, you graduated high school You said mm-hmm. I'm going to go Pursue this culinary career Because mm-hmm. you And you had your own set of knives mm-hmm. And you headed up This was before TSA <laughs> Yeah Yeah Pretty much My sister gave me her One of her first knives
2: A Wusthof From like Just long for Her first knife From working over here At um, She worked at an Italian place Downtown here For a while Tulio. Tulio's. Yeah. yeah. So she worked there. Nice She's worked all over New York. And so she gave me her first knife. And I.
1: Walter Pisano.
2: Took it. Yeah. Yeah. And I took it when, and ran with it. Not really, but I flew with it to D.C. And, don't run with knives. Yeah. Or scissors, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I took it to D.C. and it was a grind. And yeah. I loved it and hated it. But. It, it, but I didn't like DC. That was kind of my problem. I
1: lived in DC myself. So what year was this? This is in 2007. 2007. Okay, so just at the start of the precipice where things started to crumble, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah we saw of. that it's all, and then so the slowdown came in. How long were you there? Five months. Five months. That's if it, that. DC. Yeah, if that. I only lasted like a year, so. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> sister's been there for like. I don't know, fifteen years. You really like. have to get that pace. That this is fast, and this is what yeah. you do, and you need to be aggressive. And Seattle, are like, no, go ahead, cut in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, she's a lawyer, so she's she's uh, good. At, she's good at just. She's got the teeth. All right. Going for it. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. i was speaking with Maximilian Petty, who is uh, one of our our new stars here in the culinary world, in this little corner, the little rainy wet hideaway in the northwest of Eden Hill. Um, you worked under Jose Andres. Now you just gig with Jose Andres so and it was
2: you know it's a small gig so I worked at a place called Cream on U Street and it was very famous for their fried chicken and waffles and their dinner which was like shrimp and grits very it was Creole so it was another lawyer who had quit his career to become a chef <laughs> it was quite inspiring he was in you know, his late 40s and he just decided I don't want to do this I want to be a chef and, and so he did it and that's who I got a job with and one of his sous chefs his brother um, w- worked at Zaytinya. Um Jose Andres and um so I kind of got the hey can you you know sneak me in in a way yeah cuz they didn't do a lot of you know they did stages but you know it wasn't you know Zaytinya was more of it's mediterranean and it's it's not as fine dining as this minibar or Yeah he's ones. a Spanish guy, right? Yeah, he's, yes. he's, he's he's from Spain. He worked in New York and DC. Um uh, but he's got a very, you know, Spanish touch when it comes to tapas, but he did this one is mediterranean, kind of eastern mediterranean touch and so he got me in, and in as soon any time I could, I would sneak in and work with them, and and and, you know, and I got to to meet him. And and, this
1: was in five months. Yeah, so that, this is, wow.
2: It was very it was very brief. It was just kind of whenever I could, I absorbed anything I could, and I. It was a hard kitchen, and one of the the chef at the time was Mike Isabella. I think he was a top, he was a top chef guy, and he was great. Um, I don't think he knew who I was, but. I was eighteen and, now, and, and nobody right? does. does <laughs> uh, I was eighteen and just wanted to see what I can handle and at that point I decided I didn't want to handle it you know I, it was too much
1: yeah i mean it's it's uh, a very scary world out there sometimes yeah. especially on the East Coast when people you need the money and then yeah. of course there was the uh the, the difference of class if you had the poverty mm-hmm. you had the you know it just kind of didn't make sense sometimes. But what a treat. I used to work at the place called the City Club of Washington, D.C. It was a private okay. club down on 13th and F Street. Okay. And that was my history, so I say on my resume, I worked in D.C. there for a nice. year. and uh, It was cool. Now, Jose Andres, um, I've, he just was, was renowned at that point, but uh, he's g- gone on to open up these great restaurants in Las Vegas and in New York and in California, I believe. Yeah. Word he's actually heading up one here in Seattle now. Oh really? I haven't yeah, heard that one. At Fifth and uh, um, Fifth and Columbia, that building there. Okay. He will be the anchor tenant for the restaurant. I believe it'll be Jose Andres. In fact, he came to Seattle and spent some time at my old uh, haunting grounds, the uh, the Rainier Club, and okay. uh, chatted with them. Now, um, his style of food. How would you, you you talk about Mediterranean style? When you think of Mediterranean, you think about your fingers, do It's sardines and it's fried. Mm-hmm. It's olives. It's dips. It's hummus. What is what is your style of food? You know mine I I, I picked up all over one being really inspired
2: from Jose Andres which was very family oriented as far as the way he was inspired by things and also by the way he plated things a lot of family style platings with the paella and you know just a lot of things that he would do Um, so I kind of adopted that over the years of working for him and then training French for a French chef in Oregon and you know I kind of did a a refined version of, of kind of Bringing people together and, and and eating, you know, as a family, and really talking about not what you're eating separately, kind of what we're eating together. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of been, and then working in Texas when you, when it's a whole different, a whole different world of cuisine, and and so I just kind of it's been compiling ever since until I found Eden Hill, and we do the share plates a la carte, and that's kind of was my thing. It was the Lady of Tramp, Lady the Tramp effect where. You're not drawn to your own dish. You're drawn together to the dish in the middle of you, and so you can do the tasty menu, which you have your own dishes, but you can talk about them, and they're a little more refined. But then you have the the shared plates where you you lean in together and you talk about it, and you rather than you know separate, you know, it's a I mean, it has a bigger meaning to me, but it's just bringing people together. And so
1: I, I imagine you can't do this alone. Obviously, you need some sous chefs and a bartender <laughs> and a server. But uh, do you have a partner in in this endeavor? Yeah, my uh, my wife. So when I
2: moved to Oregon from D.C., I said, I can't do D.C. I, uh, I want to move home to the Pacific Northwest. I don't know why I chose Eugene, Oregon. My friends were moving there. Dead shows, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I moved there, and within five days, I met my, my wife. She was 17 at the time. Peaches and, uh, and cream. Yeah, she was 17. And I uh, we started dating maybe... And a week later, uh, when she turned eighteen, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she turned eighteen. I made her salmon for her birthday. Yeah, on uh, or what? No, I don't even remember. At that
1: point, I was so new to it.
2: Uh, I don't even remember. Shoot. So you
1: met your wife in Eugene, Oregon, yeah. and uh, she followed you to
2: t- too far. So I, at that point, I wanted to switch over, and I wanted to be a a firefighter, and uh, wow, use my my I don't know I was always kind of
1: built yeah I, you, I to can see them. you've got uh, you've, you're a robust gentleman yeah Very I wanted cool. to use
2: my uh, my strength to give I didn't know what I wanted to do my I mom see. was a nursing supervisor here at
1: Providence for 40 years so I wanted to do a doctor thing I don't know alright so well, hold that thought Yeah. because when we come back from this break we're going to have more conversation with the uh, rising star the James Beard Pacific Northwest award nominee rising star Maximilian Petty who is the founder along with his lovely wife her name Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer. Brenner. right? Jennifer and Maximilian, on oh, Eden Hill, up in Queen Anne, and uh, it's fantastic. I'm super excited because there's there's a real. I mean, this is when I get a chance to talk to you. Ten years from now, you'll be someplace else and doing something different because that's kind of how life goes. But we can always look back and I remember when and uh, what a treat. Your restaurant's open five days a week, six days a week. It's open
2: uh, six nights a week. Six we nights a week. Just open for Sunday night, and then I'll bring Sunday brunch on in the spring.
1: Ah, oh, excellent, Close perfect timing. Dinner. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. We'll see how those omelet skills go yeah, we'll see. Uh, in April. So, folks, uh, I'm happy to have Maximilian Petty, the uh, founder and su- uh, executive chef of Eden Hill. And we're going to have more of his story when we come back here on Happy Hour Radio. So stick around, folks. You're listening to 570 KBI.
0: He's back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: All right, Seattle. Hey, I hope you got something great in that glass. It's time for segment two here on Happy Hour Radio. And if you're hungry... Uh, You're listening to the right show. Uh, If you're thirsty, well, today we're kind of all about the food. I've got uh, Chef Maximilian Petty, who is the owner of Eden Hill, along with his lovely wife Jennifer, over on Queen Anne, the top of the hill, Eden Hill, and uh, we're chatting about your uh, youthful career, trying to be uh, a great chef, whether you're in Texas, D.C., Oregon, or Seattle, Um, and then you wanted to be a firefighter for like a brief moment, and then you fell in love.
2: Yeah, I I fell in love with... she was going to the University of Oregon, and she wanted me to go to culinary school. She knew she could see it. I think we visited home, and she I saw the, the burn
1: marks on your arms. Yeah,
2: <laughs> well, she, yeah, I, I have a lot of them. But she, we visited home. My sister's restaurant was still open. And she, so I went and did like a little guest chef thing, um, just for fun. I was still nobody, but um, I cooked, and my and Jen watched me, and she was I think that I think in the story of us falling in love, that's when she knew when she saw me kind of take something really seriously and as an 18 year old it was lost I uh, so she convinced me to go to culinary school so I applied to where uh, to it's a very small it's called Lane it's Lane Community College in uh, Eugene Oregon outside I mean 15 minutes outside of Eugene um, it's very I think they accept 70 kids And it's uh, strictly
1: a culinary school
2: yeah I mean it's no it's a whole community college but they have a program that's a it's a very popular program down there um, and yeah, so I got in and I started that next September after I moved there. So I, I for a year I worked for a senior meals place where I worked, uh, 4am every day from four to one. And, and, uh, that was, that's a trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then started culinary school and it all just went from there. I did very well. Did that a two year
1: deal or two years? Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Two years, very hands on. I think maybe 20 of us graduated. It was so small and kind of weeded it, weeded out the, you know, if you forgot your pen, if you didn't have your stuff tied on right, you know, you got sent away from class. Like they were very, very strict, very hands on. Very hands-on. Hogwarts, kind of. Very <laughs> Hogwarts, yeah. And if you didn't have, you know, if you couldn't pull the magic, you couldn't do it. It was, um, so it was tough, but it was very hands on. The chefs were great. Um, and, um, yeah, I learned a lot. I read everything, I wrote everything down. It's kind of absorbed You it were all. drawn
1: to it. You found, you were the moth to that culinary fire, huh? Yeah, I was. And
2: I just ran with it. Um, I got a job immediately at King Estate Winery. Oh yeah, in in Eugene, which is an incredible winery down there. The King family does some amazing things, and um, the Pinot Noir and Pinot Gris are just the
1: best. Yeah, it's this really good stuff, and they've been around for twenty some years now, which yeah. is really cool. And uh, of course, me being a sommelier and uh, doing the Oregon Wine Awards, um, well familiar with uh, the Willamette Valley. In fact, I just got back from there last week nice. uh, for the Oregon Wine Symposium and uh, speak with Maximilian Petty, who. Um, is the founder of Eden Hill where did you come up with this name Eden Hill restaurant
2: so that's I get that question a lot I uh names are really tough and we went through probably a hundred names
1: Maximilian's is already taken yeah, though, right? exactly <laughs>
2: I know but it has one L oh, and yeah. uh, so I thought about it but everyone talked me down from Maximilian and um, you know I was just doing research on Queen Anne I knew I loved Queen Anne I wanted to be on Queen Anne and and looking into the history of it, you know, before it adopted the Queen Anne style of home, the name Queen Anne, it was Eden Hill for a brief period of time, yeah. They called the whole hill Eden Hill, and it just kind of got lost in history, and so I
1: brought it back. Now, that's even more cool. Yeah, yeah. Really fun. And uh, when did you open the restaurant? So, we opened September 4th of this year, so just... Just over five months ago, something like the day after Labor Day or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just dove right in. Now, it's a it's a very very intimate place. It mm-hmm. has about how many seats? Twenty four. Eight of them, which are at the bar. All right. Yeah. And so uh, you serve um, both a la carte menu and a uh, price fix chef's tasting menu. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Let's talk about your style of food. Now, you've you've have history from Texas and Oregon and D.C. and of course Seattle and being a kid. Um, what 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 do you got on your menu?
2: You know, I take I kind of have a an approach of you know I I'm very particular and I I cook things you know with the precision as if I was you know I was going at it like a like um like with my French training and 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 but I I, I adopted a certain kind of things that remind you of home but you can't make it home. That's for the a la carte side of a very like. S- or and especially stuff like I picked up a lot of offal when I did the charcuterie program at King Estate. You know, working with a lot of that, and in Texas, you work with a lot of offal, uh, Yeah, you work with a lot of of stuff that people don't normally eat. So getting that appreciation of, of and using everything of the animal, the head to tail concept.
1: Especially I, I, what's uh, under the tail. <laughs> exactly.
2: We well, we've done a lot of a lot of sweetbreads and balls and all that, and so like sweetbreads on the menu now. Yes, um, one of my
1: favorite things in the world.
2: Yeah, and so and we just we gave it our own little spin and and, and made it. And you know, we ferment our own peppers and make a hot sauce and we soak them in our house-made buttermilk for four days, and then fry them in a gluten-free dredge. Mm-hmm. Toss them in the hot sauce and you're gonna get the effect of uh, like a plump, juicy chicken wing. Um, just and, the chicken, no bone. And yeah, and a little sweeter, you know sweetbreads, because, named it that because they were a little bit sweeter than
1: other meats, and and then just paired with... You had a great starter when we came over there. I took my mother out to Eden Hill, and it was fabulous, and uh, tell us, uh, let's take us through the course by course of your tasting menu.
2: You know, that's going to be really hard, because... It changes. I'm, almost daily. Yeah. So, um, and each week we change, kind of kinda what's coming in from some of our local purveyors. Um and it changes so much that you know sometimes I can't even remember what we did last week so I know the feeling (laughs) um so that's tough. I don't even remember what you all had, to be
1: honest. Uh, we had a great little bite. It was just a starter bite. But what I, what I noticed about your, your plates is that um, there's, a, there's a beautiful composition to them. And I know that when you read the menu, you're like, wow, is that going to work? Because you've got... <laughs> but you, you understand balance. You've got texture balance and, and balance between the acid and the savory and the sweet and the um, umami. Mm-hmm. And I think you use all of those, many of those components in your dishes. And those elements really add to the experience because you don't need a lot of, I mean, fried chicken. That first bite—that's crunchy and juicy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what you want. But sometimes that first bite is the best bite. Right. And you have just enough food, so every time it seems like it's a first bite.
2: Well, that's great. Yeah, I—I uh, I think I have an obsession with sweet things and meat. And my mom used to make this meatball recipe with, like brown sugar and and star anise and. Wow. And the meatballs are baked with. Remember what it was baked with? Molasses, <laughs> well, molasses like probably ketchup, and like yeah. it was just an easy one that um, she would do, and I it became an obsession. And then working with um, Chef Michael Landsberg in, in Oregon, he was um, he had an Asian influence on me. With his, he was French and Asian, and so I picked up some of those. The, also, the sweet pairing with the umami, and and I just I have I haven't been able to stop. And so then I've had to work on cutting it with acidity and making sure it's light, not too heavy and it's 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 transformed into a a beast if you will of just how the food where each thing has a little bit of sweet has a little bit of acidity a little bit of fat to cut and we just play with those three elements and the texture you know it's kind of just what's and then the plating it's a whole different you know i'm Yes. Obsessed with plating and and then, how uh,
1: many pairs of tweezers do you have? Oh,
2: fourteen. Fourteen, <laughs> and you have magnifying glasses too. No, no. And that's what's tough about a kitchen that's this little bigger than my body. It's, it's you know, you got to move quick too. We do probably 250 plates out of there on a Friday night, and there's two of us, and sometimes three, and uh, so you got to work fast too. It's you want it to be all you know
1: beautiful and precise, but. Do you draft your composition? Do you get a piece of paper out and sort of write Sometimes. out a menu and then sort of put it into place? Because I found that my old chef, um, Chef Bill Morris, who who you remind me a lot of, and um, that's a huge compliment in my world, he would draw a draft so that everyone knew what the plate's supposed to look like. Do you do that? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but more... it's only two people, I guess you only have to translate it once or twice.
2: Exactly. And I also have an organic... Um, I want them to be organic, and I want them... A lot of times, like me and, um, and actually a guy I just hired um, will plate a dish together at the same time so we're adding stuff at the same time and you're it, it adds a different element because it, it's two minds working uh, oh, yeah. and, and, and off of each other and so we'll do that with a lot of dishes and I'll kind of give them an idea of how I want it to look and they'll run with it and so it looks like it kind of you know fell from the earth rather than um fell know, from the rather than it was like you know printed and or and just like I
1: it, it don't want it to be too look too I don't know I guess to uh, Frankenstein or vanilla right you can't go you gotta be somewhere in between to be artistic quickly let's chat about the James Beard Award how did you hear you know I
2: (laughs) I um, I didn't know much you know (laughs) I didn't think I'd be well of course who nominated you don't know don't know and I probably my wife you know it's the same thing I won an award in Austin called Austin Under 40 and I have no idea who nominated me and it's still one of the biggest moments of my life and I don't know who to thank um, but this one probably the my wife. I think you say yeah. <laughs> probably my wife. Um, I I don't know. But right. um, I uh, the night before we had a, a lady in with a dog, and I said she the dog has to go. And they said, well, what are the chances the health inspector is going to come in? And the health inspector came in, and and the uh, and I had said, you know, okay. And we made that joke that what are the chances I'm going to be on that list tomorrow? And they said, well, if the health inspector can come in while you have wow. a dog. And so I woke up the next morning and and checked the list of the national um, new rising stars, and I was on it. Congratulations. It was kind of a... Eden Hill. hill
1: EdenHill.com. Is that the the restaurant? restaurant EdenHillRestaurant.com.
2: EdenHillRestaurant.com.
1: Head up there, Top of Queen Anne, Chef Maximilian Petty on his way, and um, I'm glad it's small. You'll ha- you'll have, it's- Do you take reservations? We do, just for the tables, not at the bar, so you no. can walk in if you live on Queen Anne. Perfect. Very small. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm really excited for you. Of course, thank you so much. Hey, that's Maximilian Petty, and Eden Hill is the place to be on Queen Anne, and I, sh- I know you'll love it. I love it. It's fantastic. Stick around, folks. I've got some great interviews coming up from my out-and-about travels here around Seattle and the world. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right,
1: welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round three, and I hope you got something great on your plate or in your glass. All that food with uh, Maximilian Petty of Eden Hill is making me thirsty. And I think it's time for a cocktail. So I'm going to welcome a brand new distributor here in Washington State. Andrew Shcherbakov is a uh, Russian heritage. And, uh, of course, he's got a great fine vodka and a host of wonderful spirits in his portfolio. And it's globalspiritsandwine.com. you got to check it out. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about Russia, about uh, how he got in the wine business and now the spirits business. So, Andrew Shcherbakov, uh, welcome to Happy Hour.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
1: You're Thank welcome. You. I put the little Japanese accent on this because I know that it's all kind of related, right? Uh,
3: uh, not at all. Not normal. really.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're neighbors, though. They are neighbors, yes. Uh, hopefully, friendly neighbors. Um, and we're going to get friendly here with some some spirits. So, uh, you hail from Russia. When did you come to the United States? I came on January 21st of 2000. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> A day that, yeah, I had this my uh, friend's daughter's birthday. Cool. Uh, and where did you land? New York or West Coast?
3: New York. Uh-huh. First New York, and then it took us uh, quite a while to, to get to state of Washington. <laughs> <laughs> were you walking? How did you get there? Train or what? <laughs> no, the plane was late, and uh, they were deciding if we were going to fly out that
1: day or the next. Oh, so you actually had plans to come directly to Seattle? Uh, no, actually to Vancouver, Washington. Oh, well, the, yeah, the... the the uh the long, uh that is the part of the original fort Fort Vancouver, so there's a lot of history there. What drew you there
3: to uh Fort Vancouver? uh my relatives actually grandparents lived there okay and that's why we've actually been moving there all right, very good and so uh
1: you you have a family now, and are you still in Vancouver um, Washington, or have you
3: transferred here to Seattle? Yes. Uh, since I got into a spirits business, I moved to Seattle. I live in, uh, in Woodinville now.
1: Oh, well, very good. That's uh, the uh, one of the
3: alcohol capitals on the West Coast now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, how did you get into wine? So the way I got into the wine, while well, I've been working uh, in Vancouver, Washington, as the buyer for a company that produced antennas <coughs> for... Um, IPhones and NSA
1: and all that high tech stuff. Yeah, yes. I kind like of got a Russian guy doing that. That's great.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I met this uh, Georgian guy uh, called George, named George, and um, and Russia put the ban on uh, on the Georgian wines, and he needed help, and that's how I got involved. And I said, I'll help you out. So the country of Georgia, of course, next to the country
1: of Russia, and uh, Georgia is very reliant on Russian imports. Right, They're, they they export their goods to Russia, to sustain their commerce. And of course, there was a little bit of bad blood, uh, and so they sort of hurt them economically, which is uh, terrible. But good for us, right? So you you landed here and you met some a guy named George from the country of
3: Georgia, and he got you into wine. That's right. Yes, and that's how we uh, I got into this business, importing Georgian wines and trying to. Sell it to uh, American market, uh, and we've been doing it for a while, uh, but Georgian wines never picked up. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet.
1: It's on the horizon.
3: As soon <laughs> as you can find
1: a moniker for Saperavi and uh, some of the other interesting grapes they have, because it's really the uh, birthplace of wine in many respects, going back to six or eight thousand years. Isn't that correct?
3: That's that's completely co- correct. And uh, the only thing that we need to do, uh, what the Georgian government needs to do, is to Educate people and, and invest money into educating people about Georgian wines. So far, they didn't do a good job of, of doing that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, uh, we'll see their uh, Georgian Olympic team some sometime, right? Oh, you, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you got in the spirits business, uh, the wine business, and then um, you probably met some people like my friend Keith Johnson of Decopa, and he uh, introduced me to Georgian wines. Did you ever meet Bob Walsh? I never met Bob uh, Walsh. He uh, he was also part of that Georgian import company and uh, a big big fan of uh, the people of Georgia. So uh, he's a uh, long time Seattle guy. Um, so you came to Seattle and said, you know what? I'm out of I'm out of the wine business. Now I want to go into spirits business. Were you drinking spirits or something?
3: No, actually I'm not completely out of the wine business because I import wines from uh, France and Italy. Ah, <laughs> I just went to the mainstream.
1: Okay, well, that makes sense. you got to go
3: <laughs> where the money is, and uh, people know how to pronounce those French grapes, right? That's right. But, uh, yes, we, we got into uh, spirits uh, business uh, when state went private. And uh, I guess my company pre- uh, sells more of the uh, vodka and cognac and whiskey than we sell wine. <laughs> but we're trying to change that as well and to actually sell... Balanced portfolio, is balanced it? Balanced portfolio, yes. Right. And I got into Italian wines just recently. Uh, last year okay I've uh, been doing French wines since last year too. next time well we'll have you on the show check those out but uh, so you found you did some research and you found some spirits that interested you so uh, yes my main focus when I started my company was to uh, bring in the best quality at uh, affordable price and I thought though this combination is gonna make me uh, successful in this business and it does because uh, when I choose my spirits I just don't go about price. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. I go for the quality first, and then ah. I work on a My bag, My buyer background actually helps me to negotiate the pricing. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I get the good. best
3: pricing, too.
1: Perfect. <laughs> okay. And uh, how did you find uh, this particular vodka? And what's the name of this vodka? Uh, the vodka name is
3: Balinov. Balinov. Oh. Yes, it's spelled oh, oh, oh. B-A-L-I-N-O.
1: F, F, And it's got, it's a, it's a pretty label. It's got that uh, smoked, uh, the uh, frosted gla- white clear glass with a wonderful transparent label of uh, two polar bears tussling. Tussling or playing together. Yeah, it's <laughs> an homage to their the global warming, I'm sure.
3: I guess so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're trying to fight for that last piece of iceberg. Uh, so, Balinov vodka, and uh, where does this hail from?
3: So, the Balinov vodka comes from the uh, Cognac region of France, right from the uh, first crew the sharante region yes, yes. Mm-hmm. excellent and uh this vodka is uh, produced from the uh, best uh water that comes from the grand cru champagne and uh the highest quality of french wheat
1: okay so uh this is not a it's not a, a grape spirit it's actually a wheat spirit right vodka it's a 100% wheat. wheat so that's the uh french winter wheat and you have uh the purest water there what's what's significant about the water in the sharante region yeah so cognac basic,
3: cognac yeah um the the um the stones and limestone the, yeah yeah uh, of the uh, of the soil uh, filters the water makes it so soft, and uh you hear a lot of people talking about vodka, oh vodka is the same, and there is no difference vodka is the vodka, and it's not uh, completely true, it always depends on what kind of um Water you use? Yeah. And, uh, water is the most important uh, in, ingredient in in uh, in the vodka. That's and, true. and then a grain as well. Um, so in, in the in the time times that it's been distilled and filtered, also plays a big role. Excellent. And uh, when would you? When did you first taste this? Did you
1: taste this in cognac? Did you taste this spirit
3: there? No, uh, I happened to taste this vodka in New York. Ah, uh, okay. It's it's a big vodka, big brand in New York. <laughs> and um, I've been introduced to it too, uh, uh, when I, while I was in New York and uh, with my friends. And I've been introduced to it because a lot of people loving it there. A lot of people are loving it, huh? Yep. All um, right. So as a Russian, how do you drink vodka? I drink vodka only straight. Um, as a matter of fact, my my uh, father-in-law is the guy that um, you know if you if you drink uh, vodka mixed. He his top um, respected you so <laughs> I have to okay. drink it straight. <laughs> All right, remember that. Just
1: don't don't add anything with my glass and I'll meet your father. Um well I just took a sip. Now w- vodka has been a difficult spirit for me because I find that it there was just so much taste like alcohol. And alcohol's not always the most pleasant flavor, but I gotta say, you're right. This has got a, this has got a creamy texture. This is very soft water.
3: soft water, real creamy, no. Rubber alcohol notes from this vodka at all. When you smell it, you almost get no smell from it. It's probably kind of, you know, it starts slightly sweet. Yeah. uh, But then it just dries out and it's pure. And and here's what I say. I
1: like wine. Um, When you pour a spirit at room temperature, you can really, it doesn't show any, it shows all its flaws or, you know, character, I should say. This is room temp. And um I dare say I've never really drank vodka straight, but I I'm kinda digging this. <laughs> so you've got this at uh at Global Spirits and Wine Company dot global spirits and Wine dot com. So Balinov vodka, um it's a small batch production out of uh, Cognac region, and you import it directly here to Washington?
3: No, uh there's uh one importer uh that is located that is located in uh, New York. Okay. And so and- you're the distributor then? I'm just a distributor. So, the ease an exclusive rights to dis- uh, import it into the United States. Okay, perfect. Well,
1: when we come back from this break, um, I'm going to taste some more of this Balanov vodka with my friend Andrew Sherbakov, who is the distributor of Global Spirits and com. Uh, and if you want to try some great things, folks, uh, remember Taste Washington's coming up at the end of the month. That's eight, uh March. Well, excuse me, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, so many great events. So check it out at uh, tastewashington.org. And uh, I'm really digging this vodka, my friend. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back here on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Northwest Original, Lars Larson, live, weekdays, noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: Hey, 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 welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round four. Our fourth and final segment, uh, round for the house, everybody. Speaking of fourth, um, I am tasting a fourth generation Master Distillers version of vodka. It is uh, a French vodka uh, found in the Champagne, sorry, the Cognac region of... uh France, which has actually fine champagne cognac, which is easy to uh, kind of get confused, but this really means great soil when it comes down to cognac, and cognac is known for great brandy, and they age it in oak, and here you have the producer who makes great cognac, now doing vodka. Quite interesting. My friend Andrew Cher- Sherbakov. Sherbakov. <laughs> <laughs> One sip, and I'm already, I'm already off to La La Land. This is great. Um, and that sip is really delicious. So, you're talking about 100% golden wheat from France and the, the um, limestone water, the, the pure water from the Charentes region in uh, Cognac, and uh, how it makes this wine. <laughs> I say it again. This vodka is so soft. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how about you
3: talk? All right. <laughs> so, Balana vodka is 100% wheat. And a lot of people I, I've met uh, who are afraid of uh, drinking vodka that is made of wheat because they're thinking it's gluten. Oh. And um, we're actually working on getting the the um certification that it is gluten free. <laughs> it takes time in uh Europe to, to get uh, this kind of certification. But how there... many
1: samples does it take when it comes to vodka? I need a hundred samples to make sure it's gluten free, right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah.
3: So people don't have to worry about you know getting gluten in this vodka, but it's uh smoothest vodka. You go, you party, you mix in it, you're drinking it straight.
1: Unless you're with your father.
3: Unless you're with yes. my with my father. Especially father-in-law. if you're with your father in law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh and you wake up, no headaches. <laughs> you no don't headaches. know
1: where you wake up, but you do wake up Exactly, any <laughs> headaches, and uh, no hair of the dog here. In fact, uh, I like the whole polar bear thing, because it's really, you know, they have white white fur, and uh, this has got such a clean, um, and it's like snow melt, really, it kind of reminds me, and I know, they get snow in uh, cognac? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I haven't been there yet.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, uh, it's available in Seattle here. You have a uh, distributor, and you get it from, uh, direct from New York, out of France. It's available at Whole Foods Markets. It's available at
3: Whole Foods Markets, all of the uh, privately owned liquor stores, uh-huh. total wines and more, uh, and also uh, many of the QFC stores. Uh-huh. Uh, not all, but uh, many of them. That's are.
1: great. And so, um, obviously, we have that the state. Uh, you you got in the business because the state said we're going to put a bunch of taxes on all this stuff, so that will get us out of it. And this is really a very affordable vodka, and this is probably one of the best vodkas at this price. I mean. At any price, I should at say. At any price. It's yeah. what? It's like 34 bucks at the store, right? So that would be about $31 with all the taxes included. Okay. 30, 31 bucks. I bid too high, so I missed the showcase, the, the double <laughs> showcase. Um, Balinov vodka, really, really tasty. Um, I'm impressed. And you've got it in the half-gallon size, right?
3: We got half-gallon size, we got one liter size, we got uh, fifth, which is 750 milliliters, Three seventy-five and two hundred milliliters. <laughs> Perfect. So you can throw one. Is two hundred millil- milliliters make T- uh TSA
1: requirements? <laughs> I th-
3: I think no. I, I think I it's one hundred so, yeah. milliliters. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> I don't we have have to get
1: some of those. Um, really fun stuff, and uh, it's it's truly really, really smooth. Um, very impressive. You also import or, or excuse me distribute cognac, right? The cognac, the from the same producer. Yeah, so I'm going to have you on the show again, and I want to talk about cognac. I'm really excited. It's one of my favorite beverages, um, and I, I'm glad that you've, you, we have some uh, brands now that aren't. Uh, you know, I love the Rémy and the Cointreau. Excuse me, the uh, Couvoisier and uh, Hennessy, and, and uh, I like them all really. Um, mm-hmm but i want to find someone new because it's always exciting to see how a small fourth generation master distiller does it and uh we
3: can find how many products do you import or uh, distribute now in seattle that's a lot um uh, it's probably about uh 35 different products oh ah,
1: fantastic so you got a whole listing at globalspiritsandwine.com and uh, you can find him at to- Total Wine, uh, Whole Foods, some QFCs, et cetera. So, uh, Andrew Sherbakov, thank you so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. We'll have you back with some cognac, yes? Yes. Is it love- uh, And what is it, Dos Kodanya?
3: Das Dasvidani.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, folks, I hope you had a great time on this week's show, and you must try Eden Hill. Uh, it's really cool to see the James Beard acknowledge uh, this up-and-comer, this newbie. Uh, well, welcome back to Seattle. And uh, obviously, if you, if you like vodka, if you like great spirits, um, this is something you can really enjoy straight. And this is room temp, and that, that tells you it's not hiding anything. I know sometimes I gush about stuff, but um, when it comes to things I'm really surprised about and I really like, especially when I don't expect to, I have to talk about it more, and Balanoff Vodka is one of those things that uh, is really, really tasty. So I'm glad I got a big pour, baby. That's uh, uh, kudos to you. <laughs> it was just enough. As we finish our final segment here on Happy Hour Radio, remember, folks, uh, if you ever miss a show, tell your friends to go to HappyHourRadio.net, and you can find us on the Twitter sphere at Happy HR Radio, and of course on Facebook. Uh, send us a send us a question, and uh, send us some of your. Uh, suggestions for some of those breweries or bartenders or wineries or even distilleries and uh, chefs etc. I love talking to anybody who's got good food, good wine, good spirits, good cocktails and a good vibe. So, I uh, hope you had a good vibe tonight. I look forward to seeing you next week right here on 570 KVI. Remember folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers.